You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Broncos Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver, hosted by myself, George Story, the Denver Gazette, my good friend Nick Ferguson. Nick, how you doing on this Thursday? I'm doing spectacular, man. How about you? I'm doing well. Um, you know, I, I am uh, uh, ready for the weekend, um, and I'm ready for the game on Sunday. And like I said before we hopped on here, Nick, I'm kind of ready for this season to be over. It feels like this has been a really long year, obviously, the Broncos struggling, um, all the storylines off the field this year, Nick. People forget, too. Uh, <clears throat> I was thinking about it, Nick, because I was looking back at the year 2022. Uh, we cov- we covered a coaching search last January. Uh, Russell Wilson's traded to the Broncos in March. You had free agency, which they were obviously busy. You had the draft. OTAs, all that stuff. I covered the Stanley Cup Finals uh, and the Stanley Cup Playoffs, so all of uh, you know June and July, really, uh, and then training camp, and then this entire season. And I'm like, man, this year has been a lot of stuff. So uh, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I think I'm ready for uh, this season to be over and to take some downtime. Now I know there's not going to be any downtime, of course, uh, until they until they hire a new head coach. Then maybe some downtime after that but that's kind of where my head's at well to be totally honest uh there's not going to be any downtime no i mean you're just talking about all the things that happened last year and you know russell being traded here and also russell's contract extension was george payton receives a, a lot of criticism for but it wasn't just his decision it was the decision of ownership to make that particular move but yeah the biggest thing that we are waiting for after sunday's game is who's going to be the next head coach for the Denver Broncos? We have no idea. A lot of rumors have been floated out there about Jim Harbaugh, but we really don't know. Is Harbaugh just kind of playing this game to try to get uh, money to be uh, elevated from Michigan? Or maybe even the Colts? We, We really don't know. And then after that, now you jump into free agency. Which guys are coming back? Which guys will not be back? Which guys do you not want back, Broncos country? And then you move on to uh, Indianapolis and, and go hold through the whole draft process and evaluating players. So it is like uh, the game that never rests for, for us, George. So after Sunday's game, hey, listen, I say rest for two days and then we're all back at it, man. Yeah, that's that's the thing about the NFL, man. There is no real offseason. Uh, people joke about that. It's very true. There is there, especially for I mean, I think obviously players. Uh, they get some time off there, but uh, in terms of reporting on the NFL, uh, very little time off in the off season because there's always something going on. So um, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about too. I know next week, Nick, I think we'll start hearing maybe a little bit more about who they're interviewing for the job. I know there's been some stuff out there about who candidates might be, who they might be calling. I think next week uh, the interviews might start happening, which I believe will be put out there uh, by several different people. So We'll see. We'll get into that stuff next week. But for now, Nick, Jerry Rosberg is still the head coach of this Denver Broncos team, or at least interim head coach. It's his last week on the job. 
Uh, Nick, what have you made uh, of the job that he's done? Uh, and what did you make of some of the comments he made yesterday about, uh, obviously, they lost. So changes still need to be made, uh, even if it is the final week of the season. Well, even though it's kind of a, a short position, uh, two weeks on the job, and, and it's almost like, you know, there used to be this show called, you know, I guess the, the Secret Boss or something like that. But it seemed like that's who Jerry Rosberg is. For two weeks, he gets a chance to live out his fantasy as being a head coach, and he's trying to maximize it. When you're in that locker room, you're talking to some of the guys, you know, you, you can see it right away how uh, things have changed. Now, the players are still in, in the locker room. They still have a job to do. But just the mission within itself has changed. And trying to uh, emerge victorious in this last game is so important for Jerry Rosberg because he already said it himself, hey, listen, I'm not going to be here on Monday. Like on Monday, you know, he's going to be fired in some capacity like some of the other coaches, but he wants to make sure that the guys go out there and they give a good showing as competitive, similar to what we saw in Kansas City. And they want to end the season on the right way. He wants that for the players. He wants that for the ownership. He wants that for the fan base. More importantly, he wants that for himself. So a lot of things that he said this week as far as making changes, those things are going to continue. Justin Allen still is going to be calling plays. Clint Kubiak is going to be on the sideline. But he wants difference, you know, some different things taking place on the offensive side of the ball. But also he wants things to be changed on the defensive side of the ball too as well and not giving up, you know, so many explosive plays. That's where he feels as though things were kind of uh, broke down from a defensive standpoint. So, it's going to be interesting to see how this team kind of bounce back in his final game at home. Yeah, here's we also have some audio here, Nick, and here, here's the audio from Rosberg talking about making those changes and, and why it is important to, to still make changes, even if there's only one game left. We need to do a better job than we did a week ago of fitting the pieces together. I mean, we the run game is fine, but if you don't have – you don't have action off of that that opens up and gets the ball to your playmakers downfield, and you don't have moving the pocket, those kind of things that come off the run game. We need, we need to get the ball in our playmakers' hands. I mean, I, I, I think I mentioned this earlier. I love the way Cortland Sutton plays his game, and we have Jerry Judy's had a really good couple of weeks. We need, to, we need to find a way to, to not play this game in a box, I guess I would say. Not play this game in a box. I, I love uh, that phrase, Nick, and it feels like the Broncos have played in a box most of this season. So uh, maybe they can figure it out in week 18. But, Nick, you mentioned something. Justin Alton's still going to be calling the plays this week. I feel like that's the right move. It felt like they moved the ball well last week. Uh, again, I, I don't. He, he mentioned you know making changes, but I don't think that's one you want to make. You don't want to flip-flop back and forth the last two weeks. I think keeping Justin Alton as the play caller, Clint Kubiak on the sideline was the right decision. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I would agree because as players and as people, we are, we are creatures of, of habit and players want to be coached hard and they want consistency. When, you, when you're constantly changing things, it makes, it creates chaos and, and it's hard for players to somewhat get into a groove. And this, this applies to, the changing of head coaches, uh, defensive and offensive philosophies, not having an offense that uh, fits your quarterback. Because in what you heard from Jerry Rosberg there, he was talking about 
moving a quarter, moving the pocket, getting the quarterback on the move, getting Jerry Judy and Corlin Sutton both involved. And these are things that we did not see all season long. So, so it makes you think, right? Well, Rosberg has been with the team since week three. And the things that he's talking about are the things that we've all identified as far as problems with this offense. But he is saying it as a special teams guy and a guy who's only an interim guy. So he knows it. We know it. Why was it not being used effectively at the beginning of the season? And it's unfortunate because a lot of these coaches will lose their jobs on Monday. And usually, you know, we'll probably we'll do a wrap up on that. But usually it's the players at the end of the season grabbing those garbage bags, carrying those things away, moving to the offseason. But there's gonna, they're going to be coaches who are doing the same thing as they walk out of that building or walking out that building for the last time. So this is a very important game for Justin Allen as he moves forward in his coaching career because he can say, hey, regardless of what happened in the early part of the season, I started to have this offense moving with some kind of rhythm, and I really show that I can do marbles with the talent that we have on this roster. Yeah, it does feel like some case, Nick, like you mentioned, a little uh, too little too late, right, for this group. And and like you said, we, we pointed out some of these um, deficiencies early in the year. And they were never corrected, it felt like. Or, you know, there's at times where like, oh, well, maybe they, they finally figured it out. And they haven't. Uh, I do think Justin Alton did a lot of things last week that showed that he can be a good play caller in this league. I, I thought he adjusted well. They had some they had a good game plan. It felt like going into the Chiefs, they did some different things that we haven't seen from them, especially in the quarterback run game. That's something that whoever comes in as the next offensive coordinator probably needs to implement with Russell. Uh, but I, I thought Justin did a good job. I, I don't know. Do, do you, how would you evaluate the job that he's done uh, maybe this season, but also just last week? Cause that's the first time we really got to see him ever call plays. Well, I mean, it, it's hard because we were set. We were told that coach Auden was uh, the offensive coordinator. So you would assume that, Hey, listen, up until this point, he's been in that room. Uh, getting their run game together, the passing game together, confirmed with Nathaniel Hackett. And what we saw was a byproduct of those two guys calling plays for the Broncos, and it wasn't really working. So I'm not sure, you know, what we saw at the beginning, how much of that was Justin Allen, how much of that in Nathaniel Hackett. Now, based on what we saw during the Kansas City game, it, it, it was so different. We, we could see the different wrinkles, but just like Jerry Rosberg pointed out, there, there are moments where this offense kind of, was a little stagnant and the ability to get some of those uh, other players like Jerry Judy and Colton Sutton involved with the game plan. We didn't really see it as much as we would like. And if you have players that have that ability and Colton is a big body guy, so he can make those catches over the middle. We know what Jerry can do as far as route running, trying to find ways to get those guys involved with the offense. And there's other guys on the Broncos roster that they are not being involved as well. So to me, it's like, why, why sit on your hands? This is the last game of the season. You have nothing more to play for. This is the game where you pull everything out of your hat if you're just Justin Allen and you try to actually implement it to show what your capabilities are. And even though it's just a small sample size, because once again, we don't know who was really calling the plays at the beginning. It's like uh, the mystery of where is Waldo? And it's like, who's the offensive coordinator? So I'm hoping that we're going to see some more explosive plays 
and a lot of the guys who were not involved in that Kansas City game are involved on Sunday. Yeah, and I do think that they'll kind of throw the playbook uh, at at the Chargers on on Sunday. I think that you're going to see some things, some different things that maybe we haven't seen all year. Uh, I'm not saying they're just going to run a ton of trick plays, but you might as well empty the playbook uh, on Sunday uh, and run some different things that maybe you haven't run. Uh, because like you said, there's a good majority of the coaches coaching in the game on Sunday probably will not be back uh, starting Monday. So uh, it, it's definitely going to be interesting. Nick, I wanted to ask you before we, we get out of here for a quick break, uh, Ajiro Evero, how, how has he done this season? And he's a guy that I feel like we've all said uh, is definitely going to land on his feet. I don't know where that's going to end up being. I, I know that he's a candidate for the Broncos job. I, I don't know. Uh, if if he would, I I really don't know if he's a real candidate. Uh, I think he'll get interviewed. I, I don't I don't see them hiring him. Uh, how, how do you think uh, he's done this season? And and again, I'm, I'm guessing he's a guy that you would like to keep at Denver on this coaching staff. I thought uh, Coach Evero has done a fantastic job this year as a first year defensive coordinator because doing anything for the first time can be really difficult and, and challenging. And to know that he is a young coach and he came in, he managed the room well. He was able to handle uh, different uh, attitudes and and characters in that defensive room. And he was able to get the best out of Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell. Because for me, when I watched Josie Jewell in his defense playing for Big Fangio, I I just didn't see the guy that I'm seeing right right now. And I've had to pretty much uh, eat my words as it comes to Josie Jewell and this defense fits in perfectly. And, and a lot of guys in that locker room, you know, they understand this business, but they don't want things to change on the defensive side of the ball because Coach Everrow has put each and every member of that defense in positions where they can succeed. And this is the best that we're seeing out of a lot of these guys. We don't know who's going to come in as the Broncos defensive coordinator next year. That may change that. And then now they may take that or make that defense have a setback instead of moving uh, in, in the right direction. And yes, you know, Jiro Evero, he will be interviewed by the Denver Broncos. But here's the only problem with that, with that, George. You know, there was talks about Jim Harbaugh, and he's been kind of identified as the guy that the ownership wants to go after. But we know it is not that simple in the NFL because when there's a new job opening, there's this thing called the Rooney Rule. So will Evero be interviewed just to kind of supply the Rooney Rule, or will he be interviewed as a candidate that is being taken serious? for the head coaching job. That's the only problem that I have with the situation. But other than that, man, he's done a great job. And whomever comes in here, if it's not, if the job is not given to Jira Everett, which I don't anticipate, that they decide to keep him around because his familiarity with the players. Yeah, I, I think your point about the Rooney rule is really interesting, Nick, because I, I do wonder <clears throat> if it's a situation where uh, they just interview Everett to fulfill that rule uh, and then hire somebody else. Now, I, I do think that if you can land Jim Harbaugh, you land Jim Harbaugh. Like, I, I, I think that that would be a great hire. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Evero, uh, especially, again, if they hire someone else as the head coach, does that head coach try to keep uh, Ajiro Evero? I mean, I would. The guy's done an unbelievable job this year. But also, does Ajiro Evero want to stay here? I don't know if he wants to go somewhere else because they fired his best buddy. Uh, if somebody else comes along and says, hey, we'll we'll give you the same job or uh, an assistant to the head coach title, uh, then obviously they could steal him. Uh, but he is under contract, Nick. So 
I, I do wonder if he'll be back next season, no matter what. And, and, and that's for all the coaches. I wonder about all the assistant coaches uh, that, that could be back. I, I would think most of the offensive coaches will be gone. Um, you know, Clint Kubiak, I'm sure will be gone. Uh, Zach Azani was the one assistant coach from the last staff that's, that stuck around for this staff, uh, the wide receivers coach. So I don't know. It's going to be really interesting, Nick, to see where all those guys land. I, I, a lot of them are, are very well respected in the league and I'm sure will land on their feet. But Nick, we got to take a quick break uh, and then we'll dive into uh, Jerry Rosberg's specialty, special teams, Nick. I know that uh, that's also your specialty. Uh, <laughs> you're Mr. Special Teams. So we'll dive into a little bit of that uh, and then we'll eventually get down into the game breakdown against the Chargers. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody. Welcome back from that quick break. Uh, Nick, I hinted at it. Let's talk some special teams. Uh, I know that you uh, saw something this last week that maybe caught your eye in, in terms of the special teams improving. What was that and... and uh, how can the Broncos maybe build off that from last week to this week and even, you know, going into next season? I know Jerry Rosberg won't likely be here, uh, but he is a special teams guy. And I wonder if he can, as he says, plant the seeds to uh, making the Broncos a better special teams unit. Because, Nick, the reality is the Broncos have not been good on special teams for several years. Yeah, the idea is that you reap what you sow. And you, in order to do that, you have to plant those seeds. And as a guy who has spent a, a lifetime in the NFL doing just that, special teams, that, that requires the ability to identify guys who really want to play special teams. Because I can tell you, you have to be made of something different to play special teams. And if you're not wide receiver one or wide receiver two, that's kind of what you're doing. That That's kind of the game plan that you've kind of entered in because that's where you're going to receive uh, most of your reps. And what Jerry Rosberg identified that wasn't taking place before, there's some hungry guys uh, on that Broncos uh, roster, guys who were elevated from the practice squad to the active roster. And on game day, that was their opportunity to showcase what they can do. And Jalen Berger showed us both in the preseason and early on in the season that he was one of those guys who can make plays. But you can't really make plays if you are on the sideline, George. And Jerry Rosberg was putting a lot of those guys into the lineup, so much so that he set Montreal Washington because he felt as though, hey, here's a young guy who still has to work on some of the fundamentals. But in the meantime, while he works on that and I work with him, I'm going to put some of these other guys in, in the game plan because I know they're eager to play. And I'll tell you this, when you're playing on special teams, man, and you know that, that that's your only thing that you're doing that day, you're playing all uh, for the major special teams unit, man, you're lighting your hair on fire every single time because that is your opportunity. You can't get to being a starter until you start there because there's only 11 positions on both offense and defense. And if there's guys ahead of you already, why would the coaches trust you, right? Give me a reason to trust you, George, to think that, okay, I can put you in this situation and you're going to make plays and you're not going to do something where I just kind of like, well, I made a mistake putting you in there. So what Rosberg has done is identified a lot of those guys, got those guys in the game plan. And, and more importantly, in special teams, George, sometimes you're going to have to start some of your, your starting players. 
That's just part of it. And most of those guys will be on the defensive side of the ball. And that's where Alex Singleton comes in. He's now the starting linebacker for the Denver Broncos. And he's one hell of a special teams player. So it's kind of like a gift and a curse for him. But we saw yesterday with his hunger, being a defensive guy, getting that opportunity to start, what he still can do. And he's capable of on special teams. Yeah, I mean, Alex Singleton has obviously been sort of the MVP of the special teams, really, and also maybe even the MVP of the team. Uh, when you talk about what he's been able to do this season, I, I would argue he's maybe been their best free agent signing. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Broncos handle his contract. Uh, and Nick, you and I talked a little bit yesterday about that in, in the sense that a lot of these guys that have contracts coming up probably don't know what's going to happen because the head coach isn't here yet. Um, and I think that the next head coach will probably have some say in that. So going to be interesting for him. But you did mention Montreal, Washington, Nick, and I spoke with Montreal uh, yesterday in the locker room, and I just asked him, Nick, I just said, hey, man, how tough was last week for you? Because uh, obviously he, he's, he's played in every game. He's been their guy as their returner. Uh, obviously they showed a lot of confidence and faith in him, even drafting him where they did uh, a year ago. And he just said, hey, man, like, it wasn't tough at all. Uh, I, I can do other things on this team. Uh, I can play scout team. Uh, he talked about how uh, he, all week he ran that route that Justin Simmons ended up intercepting against the Chiefs. He was that wide receiver all week. He said, you know, I helped on that play. And he goes, I know I can help this team in other ways. Uh, I can play on scout team. I can do this and that. But uh, to me, man, that it's a business, and I understand I need to get better. Uh, and, and it wasn't tough at all for me. I, I can still help my teammates in different ways. To me, Nick, that signals to me that Montreal one is, is mature for a guy his age uh, to have that sort of perspective. And two, man, I don't know about you, but I'm rooting for this kid. Uh, and I know that some people might be frustrated with him. He hasn't turned out to be uh, you know, what a lot of people hoped he would be in the return game. I still think he can get there. I think the kid has shown – uh, the juice at times, the potential of what he can be. Uh, I hope Jerry Rosberg can kind of help him these these last two weeks. Uh, and I really hope to see Montrell kind of take a jump next year. Uh, I, I don't know about you, Nick, but he's been super impressive to me as, as a young man. Um, and, and I really hope he can figure it out back there. Well, you know, I hope the same thing for him. And I've been really impressed with uh, how he's handled the situation and based on what he said to you. I mean, this is a guy who who gets it. He understands it. And he's even in his first year to understand that he's not where he needs to be at this moment. But at the same time, he also understands that there are more things that he can do. And I, I feel the same way because how he was utilized has kind of hurt him with Coach Rosberg and just thinking that he's just a one-trick pony. Because when we've seen, you know, Montreal Washington on the field, it was kind of those little jet sweep things where the dump it to him in the backfield. The blocking wasn't really there. So it made you think, well, maybe he is just a special teams guy. And I can tell you this, once you get labeled as just being that guy, that's the only way that you are seen. They don't even see you as a, a wide receiver. So for him humbling himself, understanding what the situation is, willing to assist on special teams, that says a lot about him. And hopefully, uh, I don't know if he's going to play in this particular game, but I would like to see him in the game or in the season, rather, on a positive note. And maybe Justin Allen can get him involved with the offense as a wide receiver like he did last week 
with Albert Okawebuna. Yeah, I mean, and Nick, I think back to training camp, uh, he tore it up in training yeah. camp. You know, he was he was a guy in training camp that you're like, this guy's going to help him on offense. Uh, you know, he's catching touchdown passes. He was doing all sorts of stuff. So uh, I still think he has a ton of ability. I think part of it is is a confidence thing, adjusting to uh, the game. I mean, I know yesterday, I, you know, I'm doing a, a rookie exit survey, Nick, and, and uh, I'm going all the rookies and kind of asking similar questions. And I said, what's been the biggest surprise for you this year playing in the NFL? And he said two things, the crowds. Uh, which obviously playing at a small school like Samford, he wasn't used to, uh, you know, that big of crowds at football games. And then he said, two, the speed of the game. And he said, those guys on kickoff, they get down there fast, man. He goes, I've never seen anything like that in my life, how fast those guys get down there. And I thought that that was interesting that, you know, he, he was able to admit that. And also, I think, again, that's, that's going to take time for a kid like that uh, for stuff to slow down. So I'm, I'm rooting for him. I think he's a, he's a great kid. Uh, and again, I think he has the potential to be a really good player. They just have to utilize him the right way, like you said. So uh, that'll definitely be interesting. Other than than Montreal, Washington, Nick, and, and Alex Singleton, who are some guys that have maybe stood out to you on special teams this year that the Broncos, maybe, maybe they're a French player, maybe it's a rookie, um, I don't know. But who are some guys that maybe have stuck out to you on special teams that the Broncos should really consider bringing back next year? Or that have made an impact in a way that you're like, they need to be on special teams next year too. I would say Brandon McManus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Brandon McManus is definitely one of those guys who, who stick out to me. Uh, he's had his moments where uh, you start to question his accuracy, but when the Broncos needed him the most and the offense wasn't moving the ball, a majority of points came from Brandon McManus. And you asked that question, and I was trying to think about other guys who probably stood out, but I, I really can't think of a lot of guys because it takes me back to what Montreal Washington said to you, the speed of the game, how quickly guys really got down there uh, on him to press him, to put him in a situation where he would press to try to make something happen instead of allowing the game to come to him. Because I feel as though – the guys that are blocking up front for Montreal, those guys haven't done a great job. And being as though I've been the guy running down on kickoff, I've also been the guy blocking for a returner, that there's a special, once again, mindset that you have you have to have. And that mindset when you are blocking for a guy like Montreal, anyone in this league, my guy will not make the tackle. And I can't say that every guy feels that way because – We've had a chance to walk around that locker room, talk to different guys. And in talking to different guys, there's a difference of opinion. I mean, the idea is that they don't think that every guy is dedicated to being a special teams player. And that's because some of those guys who are on special teams, they're focused on being a starter. And because they're focused on being a starter, they can't be where their feet are and block for Montreal. So as we talk about issues with Montreal, and he has some things he needs to fix, but I think the biggest thing that you need to address is the fact that the guys are not doing a great job on pump return coverage or kickoff coverage, actually creating space so he can even make plays. Yeah, there's not too many guys to highlight there. I, I will say, Nick, there's a couple guys at your former position that I think I've had had decent years on special teams, and, and I think one of them can end up maybe even being a starter next year on defense for him. And that's P.J. Locke. 
number one. I think he's had a pretty good year. Obviously, he's dealt with some injuries. And then Nick, and maybe it's because I'm biased because he's an Oklahoma guy. I think the Larry and Turner yells actually had a pretty decent year on special teams. I want to say that he behind Alex Singleton has the most tackles of anyone on special teams this year. So I feel like he's done, uh, you know, a a decent job on special teams. So they've got a couple of young guys, but again, I mean, like you said, like a guy like PJ Locke, I'm sure is thinking next year, he wants to be a starter on defense. He wants to maybe fill in that spot for Kareem Jackson. If Kareem Jackson doesn't return, which, I don't think he's going to, but we'll see. Uh, you know, but and same with Delaire and Turner Yell. I'm sure he's also going to be like, hey, I, I want to try and compete for a starting spot too. But I think that the more willingness you have from young guys to say, you know what, I'm going to find a role on special teams uh, and I'm going to do it to a high level, sort of like we've seen with Alex Singleton do it both on special teams and defense. I think that's sort of the mentality you need with that unit going forward. But uh, I don't know, Nick, I, I feel like, Special teams is, 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 has been an issue for this group for a long time. Uh, long before I even got here, special team, the special teams have not been great here. So I feel like that really needs to be an emphasis this offseason. Well, it definitely needs to be an emphasis and to build the right special teams unit. That unit is primarily built of defensive players. And the reason why is because, once again, you have to be wired a certain way. Offensive guys are not really wired that way where they want to run down and run their body into another guy. Defensive guys, that's basically what you do. So it's funny you mentioned Turner Yale and P.J. Locke. Those are two of the guys that I've spoken to in that locker room, and they have the right mentality. These are guys, when they make mistakes, they're upset with themselves. And to me, you know, you're going to make mistakes in this game, but knowing as though that you can pick yourself up understand where your your weaker points of your game and they come out even stronger. Even, you know, Lamar Jackson, we haven't really got into him, but that's a guy that stepped in last week when DeMar Mathis got injured. And I just felt, you know, looking at his size along with uh, PS2, those are two big corners. Those are guys that can not only help on defense, but you can use Lamar Jackson on uh, special teams as well being a guy who I, who's either a jammer, that's a guy that prevents guys from running down uh, on, on punt team. But the, the, the Broncos have some pieces. They have some young guys, but they need to get more guys with that attitude. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and you know, George Payton's talked about it too, Nick. He, he's, he's talked about when, when he drafts guys in those later rounds, it's primarily can they play special teams for us? Uh, and I think that that's going to be an emphasis still moving forward for this group. So going to be interesting to see what they do uh, in the offseason. They bring anybody in. I'm sure they'll, they'll draft some guys that they feel like can help them on special teams too. And, and again, I think some of those younger guys are definitely ones to circle in terms of, yeah, we're bringing him back because uh, you know he's a great special teams player. And I, I think that that'll play a role in the next 53-man roster. But Nick, before we take a quick break, I don't know uh, if you have Twitter pulled up like I do on my laptop here but we just got a pretty good update on demar hamlin for the buffalo bills uh per the bills demar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours while still critically ill he has demonstrated that appear that he appears to be neurologically intact his lungs continue to heal and he is making steady progress uh that's a great update uh so i just wanted to share that that he's a remarkable improvement um that's definitely something that's really good our thoughts and prayers are obviously still with him and his family. Um, I know a lot of Broncos players talked about him yesterday. So to hear that news this morning, it's just great news. 
That is uh, great news, and everyone's been waiting uh, to hear what was going to come on, what was going to happen. Uh, the first 24 hours are always tough, and you look at you know 48 hours later, trying to figure out what's uh, where his status is. Is he exactly improving? So uh, that's good news to hear, George. It's great news, great news. Uh, but Nick, we got to take a quick break, and then we'll dive into some of this uh, Broncos Chargers game, the season finale, Nick, coming up here on Sunday. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody. Welcome back from that quick break. Uh, and, Nick, we got one last game. This is it. This is it for the 2022-2023 Broncos. Uh the Los Angeles Chargers. They're headed to the playoffs, Nick. The Chargers are going to the playoffs. They've had a pretty good year. Uh, obviously, Herbert's been been really good for them this year. They've had a lot of injuries too, Nick. I know that we talk about the Broncos having injuries. They've had a lot of injuries, but they're also getting guys back. Uh, I believe Bosa's come uh, is back, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You've got a couple other guys that I think are, are starting to get healthy. So they're they're kind of hitting their stride at the right time here at the end of the season. What do you make of this Chargers team? Uh, and is this a team that you think the Broncos uh, can beat this Sunday? Yeah, I think uh, the Broncos can beat the Chargers because even though the Chargers are in the playoffs, they're still a low, low seed. And as they play in the wild card and when you watch them on film, obviously there's some things that they do well and they're getting healthy and getting a couple guys back that they didn't have in the early part of the season. That's Keenan Allen, who's not a burner but uh, he's one of the better route runners in the NFL. And then we have a big target like Mike Williams, another guy who I'm not going to say he's a burner, but he has that speed, that top-end speed if you want to, to get past you. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned Joey Bosa, who Joey over the past couple of years have had his injuries and hasn't really played that well against the Broncos. But that's why they have Khalil Mack and veteran Kyle Van Noy. And th- those guys uh, as a trifecta, they can become reckless uh, and be disruptive as uh, far as pass rushing is concerned. And we've seen Russell take a lot of hits, right, over the past two two weeks. We're talking about maybe a tune of 22 hits and maybe uh, 12 to 15 sacks. So the Broncos will need to keep that number down. But this is a team that they, they can uh, beat because now we're trying to be, have to figure out by Sunday, you know, knowing as though things can't really change with the seeding for the Chargers, will they choose to sit certain guys uh, on their roster? And you play who you play. So whether Herbert is in there or it's Chase Daniels, you have to still go out there and play. But even if Herbert play, I still think that the Broncos still have an opportunity to win this game. Yeah, what are the Chargers right now? The five seed? Is that right? I, I don't I don't know what, what seed they are, but I want to say that they're the five seed maybe and. Uh, there's a game, gosh, I, I haven't kept up with it because obviously the Broncos are not in the playoffs, but I believe there's a game earlier in the day that if uh, the result goes one way, then the Chargers can't change their seed. They're locked in to what they are. So I do wonder if you see some guys that maybe aren't 100% healthy, uh, you know, sit in this game uh, for the Chargers. But Nick, I wanted to take you back to the first game that these two teams played. I think it was, was it week six, maybe? It was early in the season. Uh, obviously went to overtime. Um you know, Montreal, Washington muffs the punt, and that ends up, uh, you know, costing the Broncos. The Chargers kick a field goal and win. Are these two totally different teams than they were 
then and, and can you take anything away from that game? Because it felt like a game that the Broncos should have won, uh, and they inevitably lose, which you could say that about a lot of games this year for the Broncos. Right. But uh, do, do you take anything away from that game, or are these two totally different teams at this point in the season? No, you can take a lot away from that game because, you know, Russell Wilson offense was struggling up until that uh, Monday night game. And we saw a lot of things that he was doing great that reminded us of vintage Russell getting outside the pocket. And those those were not designed quarterback plays to get him outside the pocket. He was just flushed because, once again, the offensive line couldn't protect. But we saw Greg Dosage pretty much, you know, come alive in, in that game. And you mentioned the Montreal Washington uh, you know, fumble, if that didn't happen, things would end up different for the Broncos and could have changed the whole trajectory of the season. But there were some things that the Broncos did uh, well and things that they didn't do well. And then as we move to this point, the Chargers are healthier now than they were then. So from that regard, things are a little different from their standpoint. And when it comes to the Broncos, they're coming off a game that they played against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs who are going to the playoffs and probably, probably will be the number one seed and they were matching them toe-to-toe, play-to-play. So things are – you can pull a, a lot from that first meeting, but things are a little different now. There, there's nothing at stake for the Broncos. There's something at stake for the Chargers. That's where it's a little different. And the idea, if you're Brandon Staley, once again, regardless of what happens before they play the Broncos, the idea is that you were banged up all season long at, on the offensive side of the ball. Do you want to run the risk of those guys that you're going to depend on in the playoffs to get banged up? Because once again, the Broncos have nothing to play for. And when you have nothing to play for and you're thinking about next year and what coach comes in and having to play well, there's a lot of strange things that can happen and a lot of freakish injuries that take place at the end of the season. And you don't want some of your key players to be injured before the playoffs. Exactly. And that's why I do wonder if they, they do sit a few of those guys. Nick, I wanted to ask you, though, as these guys uh, do into the playoffs, the Chargers, that is, um, what is maybe their biggest, I guess, weakness or flaw uh, of, of this team that maybe the Broncos can expose before they do get to the playoffs? Is there a spot that you're like, that's where the Broncos should attack, and that's also probably going to maybe be the Chargers' downfall come the playoffs? Or is this a team, Nick, that you think – can maybe make a run. Well, they can do something on uh, both sides, being the Broncos, because when you look at their offense, yes, they got a couple guys back. They do have Austin Eckler, who had a great game on the ground against uh, the Rams, but that offense seems to flourish when you sit back and play zone coverage, right? Though they have big wide receivers, once again, what you have to do with those guys, you have to make them work at the line of scrimmage. If you give them free reign to run and sit down and find open spots in the zone, they become really effective at that, and then they use play action well by establishing Austin Eckler. So the defense, they need to play a little man, but when it comes to the running game, there's a way to slow down Eckler, and it's really simple. Tackle. At the end of the day, do your job, tackle. He's a small back, put your body on him. By the time you get to the fourth quarter, if you're hitting him the right way, he's going to start slowing down just a little. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, the Rams really exposed a lot about the Chargers defense last week because remember Cam Akers, you know, fantasy owners were saying like he was not really being really productive. He was productive against the Broncos and he was definitely productive against the Rams, against the Chargers, excuse me. And what they did with him, they got him on the edge. I mean, we, when we talked earlier about the edge rushes that they have, I mean, those guys are great, 
but they get in those wide nine splits and try to put pressure on the tackle, but you still can get outside. And Cam Akers was able to find some creases, and he was able to be effective. So that's got to be the game plan, getting the running back outside, those short dump-off passes. And this is a game that the Broncos can use at Chase Edmonds like the Rams use Cam Akers. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the Broncos' odds in this one, Nick. And, and for the Chargers, uh, look, I, they, they obviously are playing for, for the playoffs, and, and, I mean, they've already gotten in, but playing for seeding and, and that, that sort of thing. But when I look at this Chargers team, Nick, and maybe it's because the AFC is just loaded with really good teams. When you look at the the Bills and the Bengals and the Chiefs, like those three teams are, I, I would th- I would say a tier above the rest of the AFC right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't view them as as a team that can make a run to the Super Bowl. Now we've seen it before, right? In previous years, teams that you you, you kind of count out make a run. You look at the Giants, obviously did it a couple times. The Eagles a few years ago was not a team that I expected to make that sort of a run in the playoffs with with Nick Foles. But when you have a guy like Justin Herbert, anything's possible, right? Uh, And and they've got some playmakers on defense, Derwin James, uh, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, like they've got enough difference makers that maybe they could make a run. But I I, I still, I still think those other three teams that I mentioned, you know, have better shots at, at, at reaching the, the, the pinnacle of football. Right. Uh, But for this, for this weekend, Nick, I like the Broncos odds. Uh, this is a game that I've circled for a while in, in the sense that I think this is one they can win. Now they haven't won an AFC West game all year, Nick. Uh, so I, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they can finally get one in the final game of the season, but what can a win do for this Broncos team? If they're able to upset a, a good playoffs chargers team at the end of the year, what, what can this maybe do for them confidence wise, or does it really not mean a whole lot? going into the offseason. What's your take on what this game means for the Broncos uh, and and momentum heading into this offseason? It means a lot. It's almost like having a a New Year's uh, celebration all over again because it is a new year. This is a new season being as though it's 2023 and not uh, 2022. So the Broncos can kick off their 2023 in a great fashion. With, with the win, something they couldn't do in 2022, as crazy as that seems. And you want to go into the offseason on a high note, knowing as though, hey, listen, we won our last game in front of our home crowd, and we felt so great about it, about that. And then as you entered into uh, the whole process of free agency and new coach and rolling into the preseason, you have that fond memory and that bad taste is out of your mouth. Yeah, it, it's, a one, it's one game. But at the same time, you can say, well, yeah, we beat you going into the playoffs, and now we showed other teams maybe uh, a way to beat you so that your stint in the playoffs is very short-lived. So you want to have some positive momentum, something that you can evaluate and say, well, finally we did something well, and we started off our 2023 season in the right way. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, and also because it's not like a situation where uh, I think the Texans and the Bears and a couple other teams, right, they're sort of, I I don't want to say they're going to try and lose, uh, but they're in a situation where if they lose, they get a lot better draft pick, right? Uh, You're fighting for, you know, the number one, number two, number three type draft pick. So uh, the Broncos are obviously not in that situation because the Seahawks have their pick, so they probably actually rather win. So the Seahawks don't have as good of a pick. Uh, so it's not a situation where 
you know, you go out there like, oh, well, if we lose, we, we get a really good pick, uh, which I'm not saying guys do that anyways. I think there's a competitive part of a lot of these guys that they always want to win. It does not matter uh, what the result means, but they always want to win. So uh, I think it could mean a lot for this group heading into next season, especially a lot of the guys coming back to have that little bit of a confidence boost, right, Nick, uh, that say, hey, you know what? We, we are good enough to beat some of these playoff teams. And, and the, the reality is, Nick, the Broncos have hung around with a lot of these these playoff teams all year. I mean, you look at, obviously, the Chargers earlier this year, the Chiefs this year. Uh, you know, there, there's several teams that this group has has hung around with and really come down to, you know, the final couple possessions that they weren't able to close it out. So I, I think beating a playoff team like the Chargers could really be a, a big boost at the end of the year. So, Nick, lastly, before we get out of here, uh, what's maybe your biggest key to the game uh, and what's maybe a, a final prediction for this game? Well, the biggest key for this game is protecting Russell Wilson. That's been the biggest key for this entire season. The Broncos haven't done that really well. If they're able to do that and they're able to do what, you know, Jerry Rosberg said that he wants to do, uh, you know, build this offense and take some shots with Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, then the Broncos are going to be successful. If they're able to do that, now we're talking about 24-17 victory uh, for the Broncos. Wow, so you're taking the Broncos by a touchdown, huh? Yeah, why not? They, they've proven that they can score uh, points. They did it against Kansas City in the last meeting, not so much against the Rams, but you know, last week uh, against Kansas City, they showed that they can put up more than 14 points. So I have faith in that, that they can do it again. I like it, Nick. I like it. I like where your head's at. Uh, yeah, I think the, the key is, is also protecting Russell Wilson. Uh, I think it's, it's getting after Justin Herbert on the other side of the ball. I think that that's going to be the key. I think this Chargers offensive line has some holes in it, so I think that they will be able to get after him now. Uh, it'll be interesting seeing who plays for the Broncos at the at the edge spot. Obviously, last week they weren't able to get after Mahomes very much without Baron Browning and obviously Brandon Gregory, but can a Nick Benito, a Jonathan Cooper, some of those young guys step up this week and make a difference in, in the last game of the season? Uh, that's kind of what I want to see. And then I think just Nick staying healthy, right? Like we talk about winning this game. And that would be awesome if the Broncos could walk off that field on Sunday with a W. But uh, it would also be awesome if they walked off without any more injuries because they've had a ton this year. So uh, especially Russell Wilson, like you said, protecting him. You don't want to get you know him have some sort of injury to end the year uh, that could keep him out next year or whatever. So I think that that's the other key is, is stay healthy this weekend. But uh, I also like the Broncos, Nick. I don't know why. Maybe I'm feeling just generous uh, today. Uh, but I think they win it on a walk-off field goal, 20-17. to 17, So we're very close in our score prediction there. I think the Chargers do, uh, you know, have their kind of seating set. And so I, I don't know how much – obviously they'll be motivated to play. But I also think down the stretch they're going to say, you know what, uh, let's not, um, you know, get anybody injured here. I mean, could you imagine if, if Justin Herbert or somebody like that got a little banged up in this game and isn't 100% next week, then the Chargers don't look very smart in terms of playing some of those guys. So I think the Broncos win it on a walk-off field goal uh, in the end of their season with a W. So that'd be awesome, right, Nick? That'd be great if we if we saw the Broncos finally get a W uh, to end the year. But uh, I think, what did we say last podcast? Last time they won, did the regular season was against the Raiders a couple years ago. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So, and that was a game, I believe, Nick, that neither team uh, was in the playoffs. So Very uh, true. So this is, this is a little bit different. So we'll see Nick. Uh, but thanks everybody for, 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 uh, sharing the podcast, listening, uh, make sure you guys like, and subscribe, 
Uh, and we will see you guys uh, on Sunday after the game uh, to talk about uh, the result between the Broncos and the Chargers.